Good morning. Welcome to Resurrection Church. I, I don't know about you guys, but this, I, there's something about the worship and the prayer. You know, we're not, let's just be honest, we're not into programs or shows, you know, or, or entertainment. This is not who we are. It's about Jesus and it's just the purity of devotion to him, you know. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, I, I, don't, I think, I believe that there's nothing, there's nothing that can replace the, the sense of being in God's presence, you know, where you just know, you know. And so I, I just, um, I'm just blessed by that. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and just pray that you would, um, as has been prayed already, God, that you would um, teach us and I uh, pray for your help, Lord, that you would put your words in my mouth. And I pray that you would have a word of, of encouragement and hope and instruction and exhortation for for all of us here and all of us who are watching online. And we just pray that ultimately that Jesus would be exalted in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to James chapter 4. We're going to start tackling this chapter, right? I love, have you guys been enjoying the book of James? It's a challenge. You look, I mean, I, when, I, when I study, I'm praying, Lord, teach me this stuff first, you know? And it's, it kind of is like, oh. Um, and uh, it's, a very, uh, it's a very practical book. And uh, we're, you know, we believe in uh, teaching the Bible. It's, that's, a, that's a rare thing for some churches, you know, nowadays. <laughs> to actually open the Bible and actually go through and teach it. You know, that's my job, is to try as best as I can to explain it and pray that God obviously helps us to um, to know him better. And by the way, let me just um, to say that as you reflect on the, on the person of God and the nature of God, you can't help but to worship him, you know, when you see him clearly. And that's really the goal as we, we study his word. Anyway, James chapter 4. James says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you ha- uh, your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Wow! Wow, what a challenging, what's the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Let me just say something, is I, that is not our church right now, right? And I pray it never, ever, ever happens, right? That our church has quarrels and conflicts. Because a lot of times that, that's what happens, you know? Uh, we're human beings, you know? We're, we are born sinners and fallen, and we have our tendencies, you know? And praise the Lord right now, our church is very much united. As long as we, we keep Jesus at the forefront, as long as we keep him at the center of what we do, uh, things go well. And, and of course, you know, the Apostle Paul and others uh, warn and, and had to deal with conflicts within churches, you know. Uh, he prayed, you know, the Apostle Paul prays that we would have the unity of the Spirit, right, in the bond of peace. And so uh, that's my prayer is as long as we keep Jesus at the center and keep Christ at the forefront, we're in good place, you know. Uh, but James obviously is writing to believers and people that were. Uh, that we're in conflicts, you know, and of course, being in conflict is not 
a new thing. It's, if you're a human being, there's going to be at some point you're going to be in conflict with somebody, right? Whether not just at a church setting, but whether also in a personal relationship. You know, there's going to be conflicts and issues that happen. Uh, it started way back in Genesis 3 with the fall, conflict with God. Genesis 4, the first murder, Cain and Abel. I mean, right off the bat, two brothers and and, uh, and they're offering offerings to God, and God says, Abel, your offering's good. Cain, go back and try again, you know. And, and Cain became jealous and envious of his brother, and he murdered him. Conflicts have been a part of human history for a very, very, very long time. And only Jesus Christ can solve that, right? Jesus Christ is the only person that can solve it because he changes the human heart. So the world thinks it can have peace just by having talks and passing laws, right? But those laws that are written on paper have no power in the human heart. Amen? There's no peace in this world until, until the Prince of Peace comes in. And there's no peace in a person's life until Jesus Christ rules your heart. And even those of us who are believers, we still struggle with tension among other people, right? And that happens. So there's a constant... Uh, wrestling match some, sometimes between um, who's going to really rule in our hearts. Now James, of course, is asking a, a really, he's like, what's, what's the source of quarrels and conflicts? Why are you fighting? Why are you fighting? Now James is going to make one major point in this, in this section. You know something? Uh, you know, conflicts, uh, uh, all conflicts start as an internal conflict. All right? What's the source of quarrels? And the imagery he's giving in these words is very, uh, it's like military. <laughs> it's very strong. The word quarrel, it's polemos, it means to battle or to war. It refers to a military conflict or a elongated, you know, this conflict. And that's a quarrel. And conflict, it's much the same. It means to clash bitterly and to have serious fights. Paul tells Timothy, uh, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations knowing that they produce quarrels. Sometimes it's, there are certain topics and certain things you all need to avoid because it just leads down to, dis- to arguing. Right? Um, he tells Titus the same thing, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. So sometimes you just need wisdom, but the conflict already starts, it starts inside. In fact, he says this, is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? That word, that word for pleasure is the word hedone, uh, which we get the word hedonism from. <laughs> hedone, uh, hedonism, it's, it's this... Uh, Pleasure and delight, and delight, enjoyment, just for self-indulgent reasons. You know, um, there's something inside that wants to be satisfied, right? There's this inner craving that wants to be satisfied. It's a very strong word, and it's a very, uh, it's a very self-centered word. You know, uh, Jesus says that when he's when you, he's talking about the sower that plants. And he sows the seed, and some seed falls, falls on, um, among the thorns, he says in Luke 8. And they're choked out by the worries and, and riches and pleasures of the sort. The, the same word, hedonia, the pleasures that the world has to offer, right? Um, there's an inner turmoil in a human being that, want, that has desires and pleasures and cravings that's seeking to be satisfied, Right? And James is saying, Your, the conflict that you have is because something inside is not being met. Right? You see this in, you see this in marriage, for one thing. You're not meeting my needs. Right? You're just not doing it for me. <laughs> right? I want somebody else next. Well, you're not doing it for me either. Now let's have somebody else. Well, you're not doing it for, what seems to be a problem with all of you? <laughs> you know? He says the source is this selfish spirit, this bitterness that leads to quarrels. Is not the source the pleasures that wage war. The, ra- the word rage war, it's, it's the word strateo, which we get strategy from. 
Now these military, think of the, this conflict that's going on. You see this in the world today, of course. People who don't know Christ. You even see it in Christians as well. This inner battle to have needs met and it's not being met. They wage war in your members. Uh, the word members there uh, can refer to members of a church, right? But I think here it also refers to members of, of a person. Um, for example, in Romans, uh, it's, it's in Romans 6.13, he says, do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin, same word, as mem- as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness that he's talking about individual person okay there's something the battle is a conflict within a person you know um, he says the same thing in Romans 7:23. same word it's a uh, uh, malesin or melos it said he says but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and Jesus, of course, talks about that out of the heart proceeds all kinds of stuff, right? So James is saying there's, there's quarrels and conflicts, and what's the source? It's desires and lusts, he's going to get to in verse 2, that are not being met. And it's frustrating. Look what he says here, look at verse. So he says, you lust and do not have. Now watch this. Look, see, look at verse 2. I want to point something out. You lust and don't have, so you commit murder. We'll explain that. You are envious and can't obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You don't have because you don't ask. And when you ask, you don't receive. See, every time there's this this desire that's just not being met. You're not meeting my needs. I want what I want, and you're not meeting what I want. It's all about me, right? The biggest destroyer of relationships is self-centeredness. Right? It's interesting that God himself is selfless. <laughs> and he's the most perfect relational being in all existence, right? But self-centeredness will destroy a relationship. Some of us have friends, friends right? Where, where one of us is doing all the work in the relationship, right? We're putting in all the effort. And the other person is just taking advantage of us. It's like, hey, yeah, more, 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 more. You know, good friends kind of, good friends ask you how you're doing. And then they reciprocate, you know, well, how are you doing? You know, and there's sometimes good friends who just are listening there because they, they, they care about you. But selfishness will destroy a relationship. You don't need Dr. Phil to tell you that. You can't, you can't, the Bible is just very clear. Um, he says, you lust, which is a, 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 a word that means to a strong desire, is a craving. Uh, it's the word epithumio. Uh, it's a strong hunger and desire. It's actually the word that's used of the prodigal son in Luke 15, where it says that he, was, he would gladly fill his, his stomach with the pods that the, that, the, that the pigs were eating. Gladly fill, that's the word lust, or he craving. He's ho- so hungry, and that's... In a positive, you know, he needs to have food. Um, and the same thing with uh, the rich man who dies and Lazarus, the poor man who dies. And before they died, the rich man is living and the Lazarus is living and it says that he was longing to be fed with the crumbs that were falling from his table. That's the word that's used for lust. It's this longing, this craving that has to be fed and met. The problem, James says, is that you're trying to meet it self-centered-wise and, and, and in a selfish way, and it's not being satisfied. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy the human heart, right? Relationships can't. Money can't. Success can't. Position can't, right? And it's not just out in the world that that happens. It's in the church. Let's just let me get real now. We all, we know... We, they, some people go to different churches where they can serve in such a way that they get a position to get the accolades of being in front of people and that meets some sort of need. But it's always empty. You ever notice that? It's on your terms, not on God's terms. 
Um, the self life is an unsatisfying life. You want, you lust, and you can't have. You're envious and you can't obtain. You ask, but you don't receive because you're asking wrongly. The self-life is an unsatisfying life. And this, James is talking about the frustration of unmet desires. I want, I don't have. I want what you have, but I don't have. And I'm mad that you have it. Envy comes in, right? Well, why does she get that? Why does he get that? It's the me monster, right? He says, you lust and don't have, so you commit murder. Is he being literal here? Well, look at, this, look at the phrasing in this. I'm going to point something out to you. So he, he uses a, a parallel structure because he's Hebrew, and in Hebrew poetry, there's also a parallel structure. There's often say one thing, restate it in another way. So watch this. He says, you, uh, you lust... So you don't, and you don't have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. I don't think he's talking about literal murder. He's talking about the fighting and quarrel and being angry with your brother. He's talking about what Jesus talked about in Matthew 5. Remember, James heavily relies on the Sermon on the Mount. So let me just read Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. That's what James is talking about. You're so, oh, if I could just, you know, and you already murdered them in your heart. If looks could kill, you know the phrase, you know? It's happening. The conflict is in here. And some of the people that I know that have had the most conflict in their life have been turmoiled inside. Right? They're conflicted inside and it relates into relationships. You know? And Jesus Christ is the only person that can change that in your heart. Right? We were talking about this before church. I'm gonna, you know, um, the 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 world's ideas, right, that 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 we are born good. Right? That's what the world thinks. The world thinks we're born good. Um well, let's test out that theory. So you have a child. You have a two-year-old. Do you have to, you have to teach your, you have to teach your two-year-old how to, do, how to be potty trained, right? How to use, uh, how to use the facilities and, and how, to, how, to, how, to put their, you know, how to eat with a fork and a spoon, right? But do you have to teach that two-year-old how to lie or how to be mean? No. It's already in us. You know, and the world thinks that the, the answer to that problem is education. We just need more education. No, it doesn't change the human heart. Education makes you smart, but it doesn't change your heart. Jesus Christ is the only one who can change your heart. Amen. He says you you're envious it means to to be jealous or to strive for to have you're jealous of somebody else's achievements. You know. You, you have, this, you have this, this envy in you that somebody else is having what you want. I want what I want. It sounds like a little kid, right? That's essentially James is talking about. This conflict starts with what I want, I want, and I can't get what I want, and I'm mad that you have what I want. Right? Sounds kind of childish, right? But it's human nature deep down. It's human nature. That's why Paul says later on, he goes, love is patient, love is kind, and it's not jealous. You know? And yes, there's times when somebody has what is yours, but it should have been, okay, let me tell you a story. I think I've told this in years past. Fourth grade. Wow, this, 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 this bugged me for the longest time. It's, I'm okay with it now, okay? God's healed me of this. Fourth grade, fourth grade. My mom, I had a, I had a lunchbox. Mom, if you're watching, I had this lunchbox with, with uh a spaceship on the outside. And before I went to school, mom said, I have packed something special for you on your lunch. Great, I didn't look. Get to lunch. I still, I still can take you to the table at school <laughs> where I was at, and the guys, I could, tell, I could tell you who was at my table. This is ingrained in my mind, right? In my heart. Go get my lunch, come back, or go get something, come back. 
and there's a candy bar in the center of the table. Hershey's. I don't think it had almonds, but Hershey's bar. Yeah, all of us are like, yeah, I can go for some chocolate right now. <laughs> Chocoholics. And I, I didn't, I didn't, was that yours? No, is that, is that, is that, none of the guys, no, it's not mine. Not mine. Well, so one of the guys, um, he goes, let's, let's just divide it up among the table, you know. And uh, we did that. And my little, little piece, you know, Hershey's bar is segmented, you know. It was great. He didn't think anything of it. Came home. How'd you like your surprise? My mom said. What surprise? Why well, heck do you have a candy bar? That was my candy bar. That <laughs> was mine. I was mad that I, that I, I unwillingly shared it with my. That's how heap of my heart was at fourth grade. You have to teach me about envy. That was mine. You know, it bugged me for years. It just bugged me for years because I didn't get a chance to have my. I've had so many candy bars in life. I didn't need the extra candy. That's how my heart was, right? I was envious that they had what was supposed to be mine, or I didn't want to give it away. Evil person that I was, you know? Sinful. Yeah, you can educate me all you, all you can on the qualities of everything else, but it still felt bad for years. James says. That's what you're doing when you're envious and you can't obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. Some of us have this internal, they're just, you just like, it's just, just, just below the, it's just kind of bubbling, you know? You know what I'm saying? And you just barely nudge him, you volcano erupts, right? You just barely, just barely, you just don't even nudge him and all this stuff comes out, right? Because there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of turmoil going on outside. And at the end of the day, the only person that can, that can bring peace to that storm is Jesus Christ. And you're looking to people to meet that, and that won't, that won't survive. You know, The grass is always greener on the other side, but when you get to the, gra- the other side, that, that grass needs fertilizing as well. You find out it's fake grass too. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a letdown, you know? It's like when I was a little, I was told you before when I was a little boy, Christmas time, there was this red ornament that looked like an apple, and I was two or three. I still remember these memories coming back, you know. Kids, when you're young and you have these things, they'll come back someday. And I bit into what I thought was it, because it promised me it was juicy and red and tasty, and I bit, and my dad came in so fast, stuck his Finger in my mouth, it was glass ornament. I, it promised me something, but it lied. And so much of us are looking for fulfillment, fulfillment and satisfaction and things that let us down. And we keep going and keep being dissatisfied. And so James is saying, you're envious, you don't obtain, you fight and quarrel. And that doesn't solve anything because self-life is an unsatisfying life. You live for yourself, you'll be sorely dissatisfied. If it's all about me, 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 get what I want, at anybody's cost, you'll be let down. You'll be so miserable. You may have a lot of stuff, but you'll be miserable. You may have a lot of success, but you'll be impossible to live with, and you'll be a lonely person. So what? You're a lonely person in a big, huge house with, with nobody to share it with because you're envious, and you're self-centered, and you're in conflict. And you've gone through divorce after divorce and marriage and relationship after relationship, and it means nothing because God still has to deal with your heart. It bugs me when I'm, I'm gonna, the world says, you're innately good. No, you're not. The fact of the matter is we are born sinners, de- depraved, deprived, and, we, and only by God's grace that we're, not wor- that we're not as bad as we could be. God already had to deal with the world at one time. Noah, Noah's uh, story of the, uh, of the ark in Genesis chapter 6, that, the world, that every intention of people's hearts was on evil all the time. That's the natural bent of humanity, is self-centeredness. That's why God says, I have to give you a new heart. I gave you the law, that doesn't change your heart. It just, it just shows you they're 
the messed upness of your heart, but I need to give you a new heart, and that's through Jesus Christ. Amen? And some selfish people are religious as well. Look what he says here, verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask with self, uh, with wrong motives. Again, the self-life is unsatisfying life. You, you're even asking God. But you're asking with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You're asking with wrong motives. So the word wrong is, uh, is kakos, like we see kaka, right? I don't know. Is that a word? It's not a word. I guess uh, edit that out of the tape, right? I'm just reading my Greek here. Kakos. K-O-K-A-K-A-K-O-S, okay? Yeah. You may spend it on and wastefully on yourselves. The prodigal son, yeah, edit it out. The prodigal son, it says that he, in Luke 15, spent everything wastefully. Just wasted it. And sometimes self-centeredness can be very, people can be religious. God, give me what I want. Because they're not giving me what I want, so you better give me what I want. Wow. That's nobody here, of course. I'm just <laughs> I'm preaching, of course. No, never. Yes. We're above that. But James says, yeah, that's self-centered too. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. God, answer my prayer so I can feel good. Answer my prayer so I can get what I want. This whole section, verses one through four, it's all about my will be done. Right? Me, 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 my will be done. The world revolves around me, myself, and I. James says, that leads to conflict and emptiness and you'll never be satisfied in life. My will be done. Mm -mm. That's why, look at verse four. Look Look at what James says. You adulteresses? Now, does anybody have a different, I have New American Standard. Does anybody have a, a different translation? New King James, what did you say? Adulterers and adulteresses. Okay, so it gives male and female. <laughs> okay, who else? Anybody have a uh, a non NASB? I mean, that's. Okay. What he's saying here is, you are acting just like the world. When you're being self-centered. It is just like as if you're, you're playing in the world's sandbox and through the world's rules. He says, you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Now this, this idea of adulterous, and obviously it goes in the Old Testament, and if you think of the Old Testament, um, God's dealing with Israel, right? God, Israel was his people, and Israel, he rescued them and, and, and made him his, uh, them his own. But Israel would, would drift away, and Israel was meant. It was Israel was meant to be a kingdom uh, of priests and and a holy nation and the light to the world. Right? They, he brought them out of Egypt, cleaned them up, and it was but getting them ready to go in the promised land so they can be a light to the world. But they get to the promised land, and they're like, "Hey, who's that God right there? What does he do?" Oh well, if you if you bury this God in your in your backyard, he'll sell your real estate. I mean, he'll he'll send you rain, or he'll he'll do whatever. Oh, I think I'll do that, right? And so what they did is they left God. Like God, thank you very much for taking us out of Egypt, but this God over here, whom I can hold, he'll send me rain. And Israel left God as if she was an unfaithful wife. And prophet after prophet, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, I mean, the whole book of Hosea is like, hey, Hosea, marry a prostitute and your life is going to be a demonstration of my love for Israel and what Israel's doing to me. Now, I've never, praise God that our relationship, my wife is good, right? I can't imagine being a married person 
having a spouse that's been unfaithful and how much that hurts. And God says, what Israel's doing is playing the adulteress by going after these other gods. It's, it's, it's hit me right here. And what James is saying is like, you living your self-centered ways is just like you cheating on God. Friendship with the world is hostility towards God, in fact, he says. Uh, uh, it's actually the word hostility, it's, it's a word that means to be enemy, to be, um, to be like combative against God. It is so contrary to God. And you're being adulterous, you see James saying, you're being self-seeking, you're saying, my will be done. Serve me, using others and God to get what you want. I'll just use God and church to get what I want. I'll go and I'll play the role to get what I want. And what I want is attention and meaning and significance by using people. And God says, sister, that is not how, honey, this is, that's not how it's supposed to be, you know? You'll be empty. Then you'll be mad at your husband because, well, why didn't you stop me? He says, uh, friendship with the world. I mean, friends. Think about friends. We have friends you have, you have a, a common bond with, right? You have this common outlook with. You, have this, you share things in common. Values and attitudes and, you know, and, and practices and dreams. And so when you're being self-centered, you're being, just, you're being a friend of the world. And you are having the world's perspective on things. And it's contrary to God. You're having the mindset of the world. And God says, I saved you and rescued you to change all that. You're in the world, but not of the world. Sometimes I think that, that some Christians don't realize what, what you have. And so you try to become like the world to, to, win their, to win their following and their liking. You know, some churches water down the message so they can be liked by the world, Right? Oh, come to our church. We won't tell you anything bad. Right? We won't even teach you out of the Bible anymore. How to win friends and influence people. How, how, to, how to find your best personality type to, to, meet your, to, to find your perfect match. Come to that church. It's not this church right here, right? Am I stepping on toes? I got big feet. <laughs> so. But what's going on is that, is that we are so afraid of what we have and so afraid of rejection by the world that we'll just say, we'll just, wa- we'll just hey, what, whatever you want to get a crowd. You want a dog and pony show? Right? I'm sorry, I'm going to give you the word of God. We're going to have prayer. Jesus Christ is the Lord of this church. Amen? And we're not looking for good Yelp reviews or, or, or Google reviews. Sorry. We have one person to please. That's Jesus. Amen? At the end of the day, it's going to be well done, good and faithful. And that's going to be coming from the Lord himself. And I don't know about you, Kim, or Sharon, Sandy. I'm looking forward to that day when he says those words because then we've done what we were supposed to do, right? Amen. But the world can give you applause and they'll send, they'll come, hey, come. You know, just... just I'll tell you what you don't want to hear. I'll tell you what you want to hear, but don't tell you what you want. I, I won't tell you the, good, the, the bad news. The bad news is that you're a sinner destined for hell unless you repent. The good news is that Jesus Christ is the only way at, to heaven, the only person that can change your heart and your life. That's flat out. You don't believe me? Try another place. Guess what? You'll end up in the same place everyone else does. Frustrated. Now James is sort of saying to some believers, you are divided in your devotion before God. You're trying to become like the world, 
and you're like playing adultery on God. You have sometimes you're with God, or, or with friends, and sometimes you're with and you're divided, and, and God, says, God says, no, 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 no. I demand exclusivity in your devotion. Look what he says in verse five. Or do you think that scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he's made to dwell in us. Now this verse is a very difficult verse to translate. You can look at 10 different translators and there's different, different ways, but I'm gonna take it as this, that God is jealous over you in a good way. Not in a bad husband way that is jealous because his wife has friends or something, you know. But, and it, and it says, you're mine. I want you for myself, right? Yes, a wife ought to, and a husband ought to be jealous for one another and say, well, we, I, we belong to one another. But when you're being somewhat devoted to God and somewhat below the world, you're, you're cheating on God and God doesn't stand. He's like, no, I don't want to share you with the world. I didn't purchase you with my blood to share you with the world. Jesus says, Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. That's Matthew 6, 24. At the end of the day, it's, it's you have to go from my will be done, serve me, serve me, to thy will be done. God jealously desires us to belong wholeheartedly to him because we belong to him. I was jealous that those friends got my candy bar. (laughs) A husband is jealous that his wife is going out with some other man because that wife is devoted to her husband. He's rightfully jealous in a good way, not in a a weird kind of obsessive way, but in a proper way, right? God says, I want you to have undivided devotion to me. I'm the one who died for you. I'm the one who has given you love. Book of Hosea, I'm the one who actually bought you out of slavery and cleaned you up. What does the world have to offer you that can compare with the grace of God? It's got little trinkets is what it offers, right? Hey, come here, let me show you what I have here. You know, little, little fake necklaces. You know what? Ooh, you know, we, we go so enamored by what the world has and, and then realize, Jesus says, I got wealth for you in heaven that will never rust or fade away or never ever be stolen. I give my, my blood for you. Do you want trinkets behind door number one or do you want what's real and eternal and of good quality, of eternal quality that I have given with my very life? Well, if you put it that way, where's your heart? Are you trying to straddle the fence and have some fun in the world and have some fun with God? Where's your heart? Is it fully devoted to God? That's what James is saying. Friendship with the world divides your devotion. That doesn't mean you have to be weird and not be friendly to your neighbors, right? It doesn't mean that. To be Friends with the world is to have the same attitudes, perspectives, outlooks as the world, right? To think like the world does. And I see so much of the church going that way. We have big problems in the world. Guess what? Here's how we solve them. Political means, social demonstrations, and all that like. That won't change our human heart. It may change whoever's in office. Even that person can't even solve your problems. It's time for us as the church to get back to our knees, pleading for God to intercede, pleading for us to say, realize we are in the world, but not of the world. And only Jesus Christ, as the King of kings and Lord of lords, can solve the world's problems. And we, yes, we love one another. We love our neighbor as ourselves. We, we be kind. We be generous. We, we, we be light to the world. We do it by God's ways, not by the world's ways. 
To be gracious, yes, of course. In fact, Jesus says this about the world. He says, the world hates you because they hated me. Because I called it out. That it's sinful. Oh, the world does not want to hear that word. You know that? Just give me the positive message. Just give me the positive message. Don't tell me the, the bad news. I'm preaching to the choir, but I just feel... That's why Paul says, you know, when you come out of the world, don't be conformed to this way of thinking. He says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why I encourage you, that's why I encourage you, be in the word, be on your knees, be in the word, read the word, read the word. Y'all know all the famous songs out there that's out there, but you don't know scripture at all. Come on. Y'all know the, 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 fan, the, the latest TV shows and we could quote all this stuff, but you don't know the word of God. And I'm a pastor and I have to be in the word. And maybe that's why God has me as a pastor because I, I probably would, would be having a hard time. But I'm telling you, be intentional with your time in the word. That's basically, I, I, God gave me a word this, uh, earlier this, this new year, you know, intentionality was the word, being intentional. You're not promised another day, but you're responsible for what you do the days you've been given. Stop making excuses, right? Yeah, tell that to your boss. They was like, well, you're fired. <laughs> this word is life. It's, Jesus says the words I give you are their life. You guys know this. I'm preaching to the choir. Be careful of the allurements of the world. Paul talked about how Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. He's like, he's left me. He's just, he, wants to go, he wants to go pursue what the world has to offer. God help you if you, got, if you do that. God may, may God be gracious to bring you back home. If there's a choice between being the prodigal, wasteful son that leaves the father for a time and being the son at home, let me give you a suggestion. Stay home. Stay home. I've done the prodigal son thing. I know what it's all about. And I learned a lot, and I also did a lot, that, I, that for years I lived under shame. It took me years to, for me to receive God's forgiveness. I knew God forgive me, but I couldn't, I couldn't, well, I'm just, I have to beat myself up some more, God. You know, it's not enough. You mean my son's death wasn't enough for, yeah, but I, I, I should have known better. Yeah, that's your pride. But if you have a choice between leaving and staying, stay with the Lord, I'm telling you. You'll save yourself some scars and heartaches and all kinds of stuff, you know, all that junk that you have to, doesn't fit in your trunk anymore, so you have to get a storage shed in your heart, right? Then you meet somebody and you have all this stuff, right? And they're like, whoa, where did this all come from? Well, I had a really interesting past, you know, and I've been keeping in storage, you know, well, God bless that person. Help you clean that out. But, you know, all I'm saying is follow Christ, follow the Lord. God desires exclusivity in our devotion. He's jealous for us. That means in a total, unreserved, unwavering allegiance to God. He purchased us with his blood. I'm going to stop here because I have a I have m way more stuff to share because there's a solution that James will give. But for all this, all I'm saying is this. Let us be a people that is 100% devoted to God. And yeah, if there's, if there's things you understand, if there's things that are difficult, you confess those to God. You, you go to God with those things. James is saying, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Lord, thank you for your word Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to this earth to purchase us with your blood, to redeem us, to make us new. Lord, we were dead, those of us who believe in you, and you made us alive. We were hungry, and you fed us. We were thirsty, and you satisfied us. You said, he who comes to me, I will never cast away. You received us, Lord.
Lord, let it be that we don't play the adulterer and the harlot and go away from the one who has purchased us with his very blood. Let it be that our heart is pure in its devotion, Lord. That we remember the patience and kindness that you shared and showed to us, Lord. We were rejected by everyone else. We were looking for love in all the wrong places and ending up destitute and alone and dissatisfied and frustrated and anger, angry. And you came along and you said, I'll have you. God, you deserve all the praise and glory for making us brand new. You're kind. You're gracious. You're so patient, Lord. And you're not, you don't force your love on us, but you love us and it's attractive. I, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody here in this room or watching online, if there's an inner turmoil in your heart, you've been wrestling because you've been rejected and you've been hurt. And you're wrestling, and nothing's worked out. I would just suggest you surrender to God. That you just surrender and say, Lord, I give up. I give up having things done my way for myself. I give up my self centered ways and I. I need you. Friend, the, the Lord Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. And he says, let me come in. Father, I pray that whoever, either here in this, in this church or online, if they're, that your Holy Spirit would speak those words in such a way that they would open their heart and say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the lover of our soul. And you're faithful, and you're good, and you're kind, and you're giving. And we will spend eternity soaking in that love and discovering who you are and thanking you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the love that you demonstrated when you hung that on the cross. Thank you for praying for us, Lord. Thank you for being that good shepherd that, that goes searching after the one that has wandered. Some of us have wandered and the shepherd is calling. He's calling you right now. Let it be that he hears your cry. Oh, what a good shepherd, Lord. You take that sheep and you put her him or her around your shoulders and your neck and you hold it so close and you bring it home and you celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not giving up, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive us if we've strayed or if we've followed other gods gods of money and self-esteem and fame and fortune. and God, let us find our satisfaction entirely in you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. You're a good, good God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Just, he says he'll wipe away all of your tears, you know. I'm, I'm, God is so good. Thank you, Lord. When we stand up.
The Lord loves you so much. He loves you. Even in your worst days and even your best days and without your makeup on, when you're smelly, when you're just kind of just out of it, He loves you no matter what. <clears throat> oh, I'm so glad for you guys. You guys are... God's sheep. And he has <clears throat> good intentions and good will for each one of you. The plans he has for you are beyond your wildest imagination and dream. The only limits to, to your thinking about that is you. The only person that limits what God wants to do is you in your, in your thinking. I pray that the Lord blesses you and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make the Lord make cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Big smile. Give you his peace in Jesus' name. Take care. Don't forget, we have men's fellowship on Wednesdays. Zoom. If you're a man and you're watching online, be there. Student ministry Friday. Sunday. Next Sunday, church, lunch, baptism. And then the following week, or the following, that next, th- next Thursday, we have, of course, the uh, worship night. So God bless you. We'll see you guys next week.